Hey, mom bitches. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom Bitch Podcast. If you can't tell, I'm trying video. I have a producer. I have the things to make the podcast better. So I'm going to give it a go. I have no makeup on. I'm wearing a Mom Bitch sweatshirt. I really want this just to be a place of cozy. So anyways, as we gear up, I just have to start off by saying that I feel like my body is a symphony of creaks and cracks. Like, I feel like my body is constantly, like, gearing up to be a glow stick rave. I don't know if you feel this way, but ever since having Lakin, I'm so freaking sore all of the time. And no matter how much I stretch, no matter how much I do, no matter how many times I go to the chiropractor, I just feel like crap. So if you have any words of advice that help you, please send them over to me. Anyways, before we dive into it, I want to start off by talking about um, the Super Bowl party that I'm throwing this week. It's now the Taylor Swift Super Bowl party. And honestly, I could not be more excited. I'm doing a theme Super Bowl party. Hate us, hate. I don't care. I'm so excited because I have two appetizers that I've created in my head. It is the Swift Salsa Spectacular. And it is the Kickin' Kelsey Guacamole. I'm going to put those two recipes up on the website on mombetch.com. They're very simple. I did not create the wheel, but I'm thinking of like, what else am I going to make? What's the spread going to look like? I'm just so excited because I really think now, especially after winning a Grammy and releasing her new album dates, and then Kelsey is going to the Super Bowl, like maybe there's going to be a proposal and I'm for it. I'm going to spend my entire life savings on Travis Kelsey. Like that man is going to light the field on fire. And I love sports betting. And James is really going to have to micromanage my app because it's back on my phone. And I'm going to bet. And I love the bets that are like plus 700. Like I really go big. Anyways, the first ever Mom Betch cocktail hour is happening on Friday, February 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm so excited. Like, I just want a place to have fun. It's completely free. You can RSVP on mombetch.com. It's going to be minimum one hour. But on Friday nights, like, I want to do something, but I don't want to go out. So what better way than getting cozy, getting your wine or your mocktail and just coming to like chat with other moms. We're going to have special guests when we do these. We're just going to make it a good time. And even if you don't want to talk, even if you don't want to be camera on, but you just want to listen to the listens, like come join the community. I'll be emailing out a Zoom link as we get closer to, but please RSVP. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyways, I want to switch things up because I've been thinking a lot about my childhood and I feel like the unsung hero of parenting outside of your beloved parents are grandparents. And I love my grandparents, but now that I have a child, I love seeing grandparents through my parents, James' parents, through their eyes, but then also Lakin's eyes. So I really want to start off by saying that I think grandparents are like the real MVP of the parenting game. Like they're not just the keepers of like 
secret family recipes, like they're the wisdom bearers. And I'm obsessed with watching Lakin just get so excited to go to Nana and Papa, Gong Gong and Grandma's. And I really think like they're the love givers. They're the cultural gatekeepers. Like they are the living encyclopedia of bedtime stories and traditions and songs. So just grab your cozy coffee and we're going to unravel. So let's go for it. Okay, can I just first off start by saying that like they obviously have wisdom beyond their years. And it's interesting to see your parents be grandparents because you just see a whole different side of them. Like they have so many child, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like just child love outside of like the textbook love, right? Like it's just unconditional love. Like they are the champions of unconditional love. Grandparents shower their grandkids with like this affection and warmth and acceptance. And like Lakin just has this like amazing safe haven where he feels like an absolute rock star, even if he's doing something super simple. Like he could just pick up this phone and say, hello. And his grandparents are like, yeah, go Lakin. I also think grandparents are like the heritage behind the culture, right? Like they pass down traditions, they pass down recipes, there's stories that connect to like your roots. It's like a cultural treasure hunt and they just sprinkle everything with love. Like I love learning the side of my parents and the side of James's parents. Like they have the best patience. Like my father-in-law is the most impatient person, but with Lakin, he's like a Zen master. Like, and especially in a world where everything's so fast, they're the ones to slow it down and just provide like a comforting presence. It's really a true gift. And so I always say quality time over quantity, because I know not everybody has the luxury to have their grandparents local. And I'm sure grandparents get it. Like they know it's not about minutes on the clock. It's about the moments that they have, whether they're baking with your kids, fishing, just sharing stories. Like there is this richness and realness and they just bring that to life. So this is just a reminder to make sure you prioritize getting your kids with their grandparents, even if it's just through FaceTime. Like they are the generational bridge between generations. They're connecting us from the past, present and future. And I feel like I might have already said this, but like, it's like time machines. Like, I just love that Lakin can help or that their grandparents can help Lakin just appreciate the journey that led them to their existence. And I love that he's learning like life skills, right? Like, they're just like the ultimate masters. And like, forget the textbooks, right? Like grandparents teach you life skills based on hands-on experience with grandparent flair like they're just the coolest and I also love the emotional support like I had so much emotional support from my grandparents like they were always comforting presence whether it's like a scraped knee a broken heart like whatever it may be they've always given me the stability for me to be confident and I think it's so important for them to give the stability to your child's well-being 
I also think that like they just encourage individuality. Like grandparents celebrate their grandkids' uniqueness. And I feel like my favorite thing about my grandpa is that he celebrated the uniqueness of each grandchild. He had a nickname for every single grandchild. He always encouraged our interests and our passions. And I felt like even though I was a cousin of like 20, I had my own personal cheer squad for like every victory I had. I had never have laughed so much than with my grandparents. And I feel like they've allowed me to be like silly, playful. Like they just create this joyous atmosphere. And I think it's such an essential part of your children to have that in their upbringing. So here's to the grandparents. And if you are going through a hard time with your parents, make amends. At some point in life, you have to realize their life is separate than your life. And there is some sort of middle ground where you can just appreciate the time that you have with them. And it's so important for grandkids to have their grandparents. So keep cherishing those grandparent moments because you're creating memories and those memories for your children last a lifetime. Anyways, that was my heartfelt grandparent spiel. I don't know if my parents or James' parents will listen to this, but the one thing I will say that I think is funny is my mom sometimes tells me when I'm like, oh, I know I'm already doing it. She'll be like, moms never stop momming. And it's sunk with me. And now I have more patience with her because it's true. Like, I'm probably going to be the same. Like, I'm never going to stop momming. Um, so, yeah, that's my little grandparents spiel. Moving on, we're going to talk about co-sleeping versus sleep training. Okay. And I really want to dive into this. And I really don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Okay. I know it's this huge debate, but we co-sleep. And I don't know how we got here. I think one month Lakin got sick. He wanted to be in bed with us. And we just never went back to him going to his bed. And then he climbed out of the crib. And now here we are. And now he's like this little bed invader. He's like this tiny ninja that takes up all of the space. I feel like I go to bed with like a professional wrestler. Like we have a king bed and I get like, eh. What I've learned from it though, it's like a bonding experience. And it goes beyond the night for us. So today I'm going to talk about the benefits of co-sleeping because I already know if your child likes to sleep independently, you don't have this issue. You don't have this dilemma. And I don't want to back it up by science. I just want to back it up by what I've learned through this cuddly adventure. And if you are a parent that is also co-sleeping, I want you to know you're not alone. And I also want you to know that we're going to have a happy, healthy child. I really do think that I've learned that there's like emotional security. Like I really think with Lakin sleeping with us, it's given him this 24-7 security blanket. And it's just reassuring him that his parents are there. And I think it's important for us personally, because I work full-time, James works full-time. We're not with Laking as much as some are. So for us, it's kind of like a bond overnight, if you will. Like I don't get to see him all day, but we get that time throughout the night, if that makes sense. I feel like a lot of times too, when he was an infant, 
I read and I don't want to get like controversial, but I read it helped with like sleeping patterns and like breathing patterns. And it's almost like a gentle lullaby to their lungs to be next to their parents. And it, you know, if you're breastfed, you know, I read that it helps make like breastfeeding easier because instead of having to wake up and move your body and exert yourself, like you just have your babe there right next to you, whether it's co-sleeping or, you know, safely, or it's, you know, inside of a bedtime crib, if you will. I always learned as well that it would help like stabilize heart rate, like the calmness of being next to your infant or next to your toddler, like gives them the security, reduces the stress and co-sleeping is linked to reduce stress levels for both kids and parents. And I'll say for us, at least for me, it did reduce stress. Like, is it a nightly spa retreat? Like, absolutely freaking not. But Lakin, he's just not a good sleeper. He wakes up all of the time. And once we put him in bed with us, he'd actually sleep through the whole night, which meant I got to sleep through the whole night. So like, yes, in some cases, like, are you getting the best sleep pattern? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. If your kid's not feeling good, you're probably not sleeping anyways. But now we've kind of come into this routine where like we have like a family like sleep sync. Like it's harmonious most of the time for everyone. It's easy when it comes to like nighttime soothing, like just having like one of us close by. It's just been a lot easier for those like random midnight wake ups. Like I remember when he was in his own room, we'd have to like leave the room, wake up, go cuddle him for an hour, try to put him back in the crib. Then he'd start crying again. Like, it's just kind of like stopped that cycle and allowed us to just kind of like deal with it. He, he tends to, if he does wake up to go back to bed easier. I also think it helps him just sleep throughout the night better. I read as well that there's like an immunity boost. I don't have the science behind it, but I feel like my immunity's boost with him because I'm so um, used to all of the ailments he brings home from daycare that I'm becoming like better at not getting sick myself. But I just want him to have like, long story short, like a positive sleep association. And I feel like the co-sleeping has given him that. Like it's not just bedtime, right? Like he's comfortable. He's enjoying the experience. Like we don't hate it. And it's just allowing us to kind of get through this stage until he's ready to be a big guy and sleep on his own. Either way, I don't want to get too deep into it. But if you're sharing a bed, if you're creating a sanctuary of love and security, if your baby's having sweet dreams, you're you're doing a good job, okay? And I know that there's a lot of people that dive into like the sleep training adventure, but for us. It just wasn't a thing that I wanted to do. And it was just something in my gut. So anyways, mom bitches, I'll have to have someone on that did sleep training because I'm sure there's so many benefits. I've known people that actually hire sleep specialists and their relationship and their family is much better for us. So this is just my experience. Moving into Disney Cruises. I just have to say that my embarkment is coming up the first week of March and I'm super stressed out and Disney has not made it better. I love Disney. Okay. I think Disney is like the utopia of magic, but 
Disney. Can you please not have your check-in times at midnight? Like I already do not sleep and now I have midnight wake-up calls so that I can do my onboard activities so that I can like check in for my embarkment time so I can schedule the royal gathering. Like I'm already tired and you're making it worse. Anyways, as we're gearing up for this cruise, I started to research like how do you pack for a cruise with a toddler? And this is probably going to extend past a cruise because anytime you travel, I feel like I've always been a good traveler, like individually, like I know what I need to pack. I know what I need to do. But now that I'm going out of the country with Lakin, I'm really nervous. So first things first is a first aid kit. Like I need to be prepared with band-aids, wipes, pain relievers. Like I need to pack a superhero first aid kit, lots of UV protection, whether it's sunscreen or actual gear. Like I'm going now on Amazon to see like, okay, we're going to have days on the deck. We're going to have days in the shade. Like UV protection is a must and they have to be toddler friendly. And I'm sure Disney is going to have it for astronomical costs, but hats, sunglasses, UV blocking swimwear, like little sunglasses. Other thing you need to think about is like portable snack stash. I'm sure there's going to be things on the boat, but I'm now like, what do I pack for him to take on the ship? Like, and have it be healthy. So like granola bars, fruit pouches, crackers, like Lakin's snack game is very strong. If I do not have snacks for every minute of the day when he's out and about, he is the crankiest guy. I know that there's going to be a lot of walking if we get off the ship. So it's like I need to pack like a lightweight stroller or maybe even like a comfy carrier. Um, Anything that's going to give you like on the go convenience, like tiny legs need a break. Mama needs a break too, but I'm probably not going to get one. I mean, swim diapers, water shoes, like all of the splash zones and pools. Like it's going to be like Lakin's paradise, but I need to pack like swim diapers, water shoes, anything so that I have like worry-free water adventures. I'm also very nervous about like motion sickness. Like some toddlers might need motion sickness medicine. I have to like look into like what he can have. So, huh, right on the spot here, I need to consult my pediatrician because I need to pack the remedies, whether it's like those wristband things or just anything to conquer the waves, even for myself. This is all on the spot. So um, nighttime, like sound machines. Like cabins, I know can get dark, but they're also like unfamiliar sounds if you've ever been on a cruise. And sometimes it can disturb your sleep. So I need to pack a nightlight. I need to pack a sound machine. I need to make it like bedtime magic because we're going to be in a new space and he's mobile. And he's obviously probably not going to sleep in his crib. He's probably going to be in the bed with us. So it's like all of this. And we haven't even gotten into like entertainment, like packing toys, books, electronics. I'm sure there's going to be downtimes. Like I need to prepare for unexpected delays. Like I need to have the entertainment headquarters ready for action. Extra change of clothes, 
especially if you're going on a cruise, you have to pack an outfit. You should be doing this no matter what. Always have an extra outfit on your carry-on. But like, I can't imagine like traveling with a toddler because he has so many spills and accidents and I want him to look so cool and have like this fashion show. So I'm going to have to really think about how I pack all of the extra clothes. We're also like quasi starting like potty training. So it's like, do I bring a portable foldable toilet seat? Like, or if your kid is potty training, like, how do you do that? Like, you gotta conquer the cruise toilets. Anyways, there you have it. This is my guide and my like thoughts on how you have a toddler approved cruise adventure. You know, I hope that the sea may be calm, but I just need to make sure that my baby's entertained. But I am really excited because I feel like Disney, like the magic awaits. Like just thinking about walking on the ship is just so exciting to me. But I think the most excited part of the cruise for me is the fact that I'm traveling with one of my best friends. So I'm going to switch things up to talk about why traveling with friends is so exciting. And if you haven't done it, why you need to put it on your 2024 list. So I am going on this cruise. She's one of my ride or dies. We have traveled together before without children, but this is so exciting. I feel like it's a button for the soul because we're traveling with our children for the first time. And I feel like that's just priceless. And especially with it being Disney, like I feel like there's just going to be like this whole like friendship takeover on the trip. And there's a few things that I'm really excited about because we always travel with friends. And I think it's very important if you haven't to make that a priority because as you're globetrotting the world, there are things that you can turn to your buddies in years from now. And just reminisce because you're sharing adventures, like you're creating memories with activities that you love because you're traveling to a place where your friend wants to go as well. Like you're traveling new cities, you're diving into like local cuisine, you're trying all of these exciting excursions, like these shared adventures, like build your bond. I also think it helps with like open communication. Like we, have become better friends as we travel together because we discuss like expectations, preferences, potential challenges, like all of this before liftoff. And it's just been really nice, honest conversation so that you can avoid any misunderstandings. And it just makes the journey traveling together so much smoother And let's be honest, we're on a cruise, like waters might not be calm. So we need to make sure that we're on the same page. I also think that the cruise would be cool because we do respect our own alone time and everyone's unique experience needs to be different. And I think you have to respect when you're traveling with other people, balancing group activities with like personal relaxation. Like you have to have a healthy travel vibe. So like having these type of like open conversations with your friends are extremely important. I think anytime you travel with people, like you obviously got to be like flexible and adaptable. 
right? Like plans to me are like jazz music, like very spontaneous, very unpredictable. You have to embrace spontaneity and you have to be flexible. You have to adapt to changes because you want to have positive vibes only. And if you start to like go down this road where it's like, no, it has to go this way. It has to be at this time. You're going to ruin the experience for yourself and your others. Anyways, like I said, like people individually, they have their own interests, preferences, travel styles, like embrace this. Like the differences actually can help enrich your experience. It's a chance to learn from each other, right? Like it's a chance to broaden your horizons. So with that said, like I'm excited to have like a travel squad. Like I'm excited to pack the bags. I'm excited to dive into the adventures and like not just create like this unforgettable memory, but I cannot wait to strengthen the bond of my friendships doing so. And I think traveling with each other is a true test because I feel like it can make or break friendships. But more importantly, I think it's like you more so share in like laughter. And I, and I do think it's worthwhile. If I come back from the Disney cruise and I'm not friends with my ride or die, I'll have to let you guys know. But we've had really good conversations and I think we're going to travel really well together. Anyways, before we wrap today, I just want to dive into the mom bitch journal. And if you're annoyed that at the end of every podcast, I do a self promo, just deal with it. Okay. The Mom Bitch Journal Mini 6x9 is now available on Amazon for $39.99. Okay. So swing by our website. You can have a tour of my journal's awesomeness. But let's face it, like every mom needs a bit of organized chaos to get through the day. Like it's the secret sauce of sanity. So I want to just take a small amount of time to talk about like when it comes to having a sound mind, like how does journaling contribute to that? So with that said, if you are contemplating the art of journaling, here's like three things I would say to keep in mind while you're diving into like the journaling life, because it really is something you have to dedicate yourself to. But with that said, like you always want to set realistic expectations for yourself, like realistic goals. Like journaling doesn't have to be a daily marathon. You might not want to do it every day. That's why my journal doesn't have like dates, right? Shit happens. But set achievable goals that align with your schedule, but more importantly, your energy, because you want to create a habit. And sometimes creating habits are not a sprint. It takes a long time, right? Even if it's not the Mobbish journal, like find a journal that suits you, that fits you, whether it's bullet journaling, freeform writing, something in between, like explore the different styles because you want a journal that's going to fit your vibe, like your journal, your rules, and also just embrace imperfection. Like your journal is not going to change your life. Like it is not going to like fix the challenges but it is going to help you embrace the imperfections. And I think it's just fun to kind of doodle, you know, at the same time, like it's like a reflection of your journey and it allows you to be authentically imperfect and uniquely yourself. So parents grab a journal, like unleash your mom badge thoughts and let your chaos become your masterpiece. It's a journey of self-discovery. And at the end of the day, 
it's supposed to give you this therapeutic escape, okay? So you've got this. In closing, I just want to say thank you for hanging out with us today. Like, Mom Bitch Nation, we got a lot going on. Like I said, RSVP to the first ever Mom Bitch Cocktail Hour, Friday, February 23rd. We're going to have a great time. Go to the website, look at that Swifty Super Bowl theme apps, call your grandparents or your kids' grandparents, set up some time with them. You are a rock star, okay? Because you are a mom bitch and you own it. So stay first until next time.